Christmas, 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 you fuck. It's Christmas time, it's Christmas time, it's Christmas, you fuck. It's Christmas time, it's Christmas time, it's Christmas, you fuck. It's Christmas time, it's Christmas time, it's Christmas, you fuck. It's Christmas time, it's Christmas time, it's Christmas, you fuck. Welcome everybody to another edition, a holiday edition, a end of the year edition of the Put Maver Podcast, episode 88. I am your host, Andrew Gomez, aka the Mez, joined today by my lovely, wonderful, oh so jolly co-hosts to my right. You know him. You love him. He is the 10th wonder of the world. The puncher of walls. Dickalicious himself, Richard Garcia. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome back. And also joining out the crew. You know him. You love him. He is the Pinoy powerhouse. The jingleist of all the jingle balls. Byron Pagdalao. Hey, guys. Happy holidays, motherfuckers. Happy holidays. I tried to give you like a a Christmassy name, but I I really couldn't think of one on the spot. Uh, Christmas chink. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's one. Merry chinkmas. Merry chinkmas. Uh, yeah, Deck the I hall with Peggy Balls. There it is. Dang, Asians are even under, underrepresented in like fucking uh, racist slurs. It's kind of sad. Jack. Right. There's there's not that Gooks. many. We got gook. Oh, that zipperheads is another oh, one. Oh, zipperheads a really mean one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to Clean Eastwood for that one. <laughs> what, what, when when did he say that? Uh, was Grant that Torino? Grant Torino. Oh, yeah. Shit. Good for you, Clint. We're 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 just you know we we can we can say those words because yeah, you're, you're here. <laughs> you, you guys can't. You guys can't. Like uh, the yeah. world can't. Yeah. Uh, Yang Gang twenty twenty. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm actually really voting for him. Are you guys? I don't know who I'm voting for yet. Well, I can't vote for the the uh, primaries because I'm not a registered uh, Dem. But um, if he happens to win Democratic um, nomination, which I don't think he's he not is, going to. But yeah, yeah. But I would vote for him. Bernie, Bernie all day. I, I, Bernie's been my boy since 2016. Are you voting? Are you guys voting uh, for the Dem? Are you guys registered Dems? I, I am. Who are you guys going to vote for? I don't know yet. I still haven't um, decided on who's going to be the uh, the best candidate. Um, we'll, it's it's we'll, hard to narrow it down from 20. Yeah. I'll just, it really <laughs> is. It really is. <laughs> they're, they're kind of fucking themselves right now by having these many. There should right. just be one clear cut or a couple clear cut people. There's way too many people. It's more of a reality show right now, I think, than anything. Oh, it's, it's a shit show. But you guys didn't tune in to hear about politics. You guys tuned in to listen to professional wrestling podcasts. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, before we get into the show, though, and it's going to be a doozy, um, we got to give it up to our sponsors. We got to give it up to lapelia.com. If you're in the market for some wrestling merchandise, look no further. Go to lapelia.com. Use our promo code PUTMEOVER. And in turn, that website will put you over. And you get 20% off your entire order. Uh, act fast. As always, and go to their Instagram and turn on their notifications. Also, make sure you go to our friends at Grudge Match Brand. Grudge Match Brand on Instagram um, for all the latest and greatest in rock and roll and pro wrestling mashup merchandise. Uh, great people doing great things. Um, I expect nothing but the best from them to come out in 2020. We're on our way. 
Um, and, you know, I also got to give a shout out to ourselves. PutMeOver.com for all of your PutMeOver merchandise wants and needs. Get a get a t-shirt with Dick's face on it. It's a great stuff stocking stuffer. He's a great stocking stuffer. And um, you use the promo code Kofi Forever. That's Kofi, the number four and ever for 20% off your holiday uh, Put Me Over Wants and Needs. Um, and that's that's going to do it for the plugs, I think. Our last plug of 2019? Last butt plug of 2019. Um, it's been a great year. This, this one's going to be more of a, a recap show, uh, more of a uh, things we, we liked this year, very jolly. Are you in awards, you could say, the least? Oh, yeah. The Put-Me's. The Pull-Me's. First ever annual For, Put-Me's. First ever annual Put-Me's are going to be announced. Uh, we got some winners. We got some losers. We also got some jobbers. But first, before we get into any of that, are you ready? Let's get into the news. Let's get into some Dick's Dirty News. What? Take it away, Dick. Well, this this one's gonna be a abbreviated version of the news. Um, we didn't we didn't get a chance to cover much of what happened the following week regarding um regarding really um wrestling in general, but a lot did happen on the the last weekend of uh wrestling in 2019, especially here in North America. Um, the NWA they did have their uh, pay per view into the fire. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch um the match I wanted to see, which was Nick Aldis versus um. James Storm. I heard it was a. I heard it was a very good match. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised by those two. Um, but uh, the ending of that match um, is actually kind of a shocker, as um, Marty Scroll makes his debut in NWA. He. That, um, that's huge. That's that's huge right there. That's he's, a big get, dude. He's easily the like the biggest free agent on the market. Where was he at before? Where was he Ring signed? Of Ring of Honor. Ring he of was Honor. like signed up for Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, he was. He was Ring of Honor. So. Um, we know for sure that his contract with is now officially up. He's officially a free agent, and his first stop is going to be in uh, the NWA. He's going to be challenging. Um, it looks like he's going to be challenging Nick Aldis for the NWA title at their next pay per view coming up in February. So that should be uh, quite interesting. And if you were uh, Marty Scroll, what would you guys be doing? Like, what, how would you play it out? Interesting move as I far think. as like him post his post Ring of Honor career at the moment. I would have went to. Well, you know what I'm gonna go. Go on tour. Go yeah. on tour. Go go hit up all the little little areas. Make some money before you you just commit to one company, AW, um, and WWE. go from there. But like, it would have been weird. Like, that's just a weird choice. I thought he would be an AEW guy all the way. Doesn't it seem like that? But that would be like the worst kept secret because he does because ha- his friends are in AEW. Right. I mean, they they started a, a the a being the elite for, show for for yeah. Christ's sake. I think at the same time, like to me, like you want to play it all out. You want to try to get as much as you can. You know, I mean, he can, may he may end up going back to New Japan for a little bit. For all we know, he um, is at NWA at the moment. Um, at the end of the day, he could end up going to AEW. If he does go to WWE, I would be uh, rather shocked if he does. But oh, it's yeah. not a bad move to say the least. Money if talks. He's in, if he's in NXT, if he's in on the main roster, it's not going to work out. I also wonder what a NWA paid him. That's a big get for them. So I wonder who like you guys watch the show. It's it looks like it's made out of thirty you know thirty dollar budget, <laughs> yeah, but in a good way, right? So I'm kind of yeah. curious to see where they got the funding to get a big get like that. Well, or they have they have they have Billy Corgan. And yeah, that's I would, a oh, huge. That's right. I would probably I'd probably say they got the money from the song 1979. Oh yeah, all those royalties <laughs> are still paying off. Damn. So yeah, I I I'm assuming I'm a 
not a betting man, but I don't know the numbers, but I'm assuming you probably got like a high six figure deal with NWA at least. That would be uh, that would be a little too high right there, but you I think, think I th- yeah, that's 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 a little too much. But the point being is that um, he's out there test, um, kind of seeing like he can go wherever he wants, uh, face new opponents, uh, recurring opponents, especially with Nick Aldis. They did have a title match earlier in the year, so that's another um, key, key with their rivalry to, to play in as well. Um, so it's going to be quite interesting to see where Marty Scrooge is going to be in 2020. Um, I, I get the feeling that he's there on like a per appearance deal. I yes. don't think he's yeah, he's like they're getting paid like anything like solid. I think he, like here's five thousand dollars come make an appearance for yeah. ten ten minutes whatever. Russell three matches for what twenty thousand. Yeah, it's probably not Brock Lesnar money. No, um, right, but it's, nobody it's, gets that. He's getting he's getting a good chunk of change. He's probably doing a favor too, because mm-hmm. um, NWA after the whole Jim Cornette fallout definitely needed something to give them the boost to, to come back up um, from where they were because everyone loved NWA power. It was like the best kept secret and p- word of mouth it was getting out there. The Jim Cornette thing happened, and I, I I'm I'm assuming that the the ratings kind of went down from there because I kind of lost interest after it, that too. It, it did. Um, in the beginning, they did they were doing pretty well for YouTube. I think there were somewhere around like maybe like six hundred thousand views. Jesus, which is not bad. And then like now they're just barely pulling like in, in the tens of thousands. So they definitely did have a, a sharp decline. A lot of it was with the Jim Cornette fiasco. Um, now that season two is uh, st- officially started as of this past Wednesday, um, they revamped the the roster. Now they have Stu Bennett as uh, the color commentator. Great get. Which I think color. is a great get as well. Um, it, Nick Aldis is officially confirmed as, as a heel. Now he has a new faction. So maybe this is a new, um, this is some new hope right here for the NWA to go forward and hopefully build from there. I like the Star Wars reference. He just yeah, well put done, in there. Well done. It's, it was perfect because Star perfect. Wars is like hot right now. And you know, it's out right now. You know, I never wished anybody a, a Merry Christmas. Uh, so Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. Do, do Merry Asians Christmas. celebrate something different? Yeah, we Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I forgot that this is our Christmas episode and our year-end episode. So uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was going to insert some jingle bells or something. I, I think I could right sleigh now. Bells, sleigh bells. Yeah, some sleigh, sleigh bells. bells. There you go. You can hear them now. Uh, wait, what did you say? But yeah, definitely. um, Before we keep keep going on with the news, I just want to thank each and every one of our listeners out there um, that have been been supporting us, have been reaching out to us, uh, telling us that they enjoy the show. Uh, Definitely want to give us a thank you to anyone that left us an iTunes review. Um, They definitely go a long way with helping get the word out there. So if you haven't, a Christmas present to us would be to leave us a a five-star review. There you go. Or a one-star review if you absolutely hate our show. But I don't think we're one-star worthy. Uh, What would Meltzer rate this show? 5.5. Hopefully. Five and a half out of five. Yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous. Uh, No, but thank you guys again. Um, Keep spreading the word. We're available on all uh, platforms. I'm trying to work on the Spotify thing. I don't know what the fuck's going on, uh, but hopefully in the new year I can get us back on Spotify. But um, we're available everywhere else. Uh, Spotify is the big one, though. Um, and also just, you know, keep an eye on the YouTube channel. There's going to be more content in the new year. I think we're going to have to reschedule the show because, you know, doing it on a Saturday, I, I feel like it's a disservice to our listeners. And it's it's kind of hard for us too, especially like on the weekends when you know we're either working or hungover or something. Uh, it's not really fun to to have to get the show out so fast. Um, so we're probably gonna have to change our scheduling a little bit. Maybe do oh, you know what I was thinking is doing like a, a YouTube exclusive for like Raw on Mondays, right? And then we can just talk NXT Wednes from Wednesday on Thursday, yeah. 
and then maybe like a SmackDown review on Friday or something we'll like talk that. About that yeah, we can figure out the we'll scheduling yeah, or the but, content. But there's yeah. definitely gonna be more content. Um, but thank you guys for riding with us. Our rider dies. Our put our put me overs. Um, we do we ever think of like a nickname for our fans? Uh, Not yet. Well, it's all a work in progress at this point. Yeah. But the put me's is a cool name. The Dundies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was my little rant, guys. Um, so with that being said, let's get back into the news. Uh, what else we got out there, Dick? Let's this is really not a whole lot of news that we could talk about. Let's just go ahead and get into like the stories of the year. Like I think that's really. Well, I did want to talk about the other hottest free agent out there, which is uh, Killer Cross. Oh. I think uh, that's what. Um, let's go ahead and talk about that. I think it's more of a recurring theme of this year as well, as far as. Um, wrestlers signing uh, these contracts and wanting to get out and getting requested to get out because that is a recurring theme of 2019, which has been a pretty big story throughout the year. Um, Killer Cross is another is the latest example of a wrestler who just got out of his contract. And for those that have been following for the past year or so, he's been trying to get out of Impact for a good while. Oh yeah, his girlfriend Scarlett Bordeaux is signed to NXT, so uh, one would think that's going to be the likely um, way he's going to go. And he's got the intangibles to be a big star in NXT. And maybe also to, to a lesser extent, the main roster as well. I mean, well, at this point, they're both kind of equal. But the point being is that he got out of his contract, which is a list of other wrestlers who were also getting out of their contracts this past year. And the most prime example being ACH. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the that was the big uh, bridge burning, get me the fuck out of wrestling uh you know, demise of ACH. Um, then you got, you know, the other guys like Luke Harper, Sinkara, the Ascension. I don't think the Ascension asked for it. I think they were no, they were no. granted it. They they, they, <laughs> they were they're they probably just yeah. like fuck. I hope I hope they don't I hope they don't release us. I hope they don't release us. And then they eventually got released. But yeah, but once ACH <laughs> got released, then that that's when the floodgates opened. Yeah, like I uh, might as well uh make it easy for tax purposes. <laughs> yeah, let's um, make it which but, which goes into a question, um and I'm gonna cut you off, which goes into question like as 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 a scene it is now, like, what's the best idea? Do, is it a good idea to sign a five year contract and get the big money, and then what's going to happen five years from now? Do you go year by year? I mean, what do you? How do you guys look at the situation right now involving wrestlers and these big time contracts? Well, I mean, yeah. Well, go ahead. Speaking of like five year contracts, the New Day have all resigned new five year contracts. Um, a lot of people are signing these five year contracts, and it. I mean, it kind of sucks for the like lower mid lower to mid card guys that sign these five year five year deals and then they just don't get used and then like an AEW will pop up and like damn I could be over there getting used way more like uh Mike Kanellis for instance right. um who signed a five year deal after begging to get out of his contract stupid ass um I don't know I think five years is it's a long time get ready and to it, spend and even half if it's not five day. years it's uh, for an extended period of time it can be three years, two years. I mean, it's it's a really long time because a lot can change in that time frame. I if think it's great depending on what your goal is. Like, financial security for a wrestler is not the easiest, especially, you know, you yeah. come up broke as fuck. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, uh, signing, especially if you're signing with WWE for five years, that's a big time event. I think that should be congratulated and, and looked forward to. Again, if you're the New Day, your your goals are a lot different than if you're a, a, a Kenny Omega. Humberto Carrillo. Right. Because their goal is to establish them. I, well, I would think their their goal is to be a household name or WWE champ or whatever. But in the end, um, you know, every wrestler's goal is to be wrestling for a lot of money. And to get a five-year deal from a big company like WWE, I think that's a big thing that people uh, take for granted. Um, yeah, that should be congratulated. I think that should be a goal. But again, it really just depends on an indi individual's like what 
what their long-term, short-term goals are. Yeah, I think if I was a wrestler, I would only want to sign like a two-year deal. Right. Like I think that's what AJ Styles has been doing. Just I'll I'll resign for two years, um, but I'd like to have the option at the end of that two years to think about either a getting more money or mm-hmm. b going somewhere else. Like the Lebr- Le- 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 LeBron James does. Like he yeah. he didn't sign a lot of uh, long term contracts, so he can play his options. So it just depends on. You know, it probably means get better people around you, business people around you, or figure out your plan, you know, so. Yeah. It's just, I think it's on an individual basis. But you can't complain if you sign a five-year fucking contract and be like, I want to get out. No, <laughs> motherfucker, you signed it. You, you signed, signed it, it like and that's two months ago. Yeah, chill out. It's and like, you know it, you know what was going to happen if you were to sign. And um, But I think the landscape has changed so much compared to a year ago that there are now more options on the table. You don't, you don't necessarily have to be in WWE to make the big money. You can go to other promotions as well. I mean, AEW popping up is a prime example of where if it wasn't for AEW, a lot of these wrestlers are not going to get these big contracts. That and then no the way. TV deals as well. Those right. are the two big factors that change um, the landscape. And, and Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia. It's another <laughs> thing. With, with all that money that they're, they're pumping in. So on the one hand, a lot of these guys, maybe they're, they're getting paid more than they really are worth. But at the same time, they're, going, they're getting paid a percentage to what the profits are for the company. So there are options out there to make money. WWE is not just the only one. It, it, it's not the be-all, end-all like it once was. There's options out there for others. And for some wrestlers, it may not necessarily be money itself. Um, if you're a family, obviously you want to have your uh, financial security for your family long-term. That's number one. I understand that. But for yeah. other wrestlers, it could be a creative outlet. Right. And there's been a few wrestlers that have left because they want to get that creative outlet. Prime example being uh, John Moxley. Mox. Whack ass mocks. Uh. But yeah, to jump off what Dick's saying, it's wrestlers are artists to us, right? They're performers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them like to have, it's the same way a musician or actor would love creative control on any project they're on. Oh, yeah. So I guess, you know, you can go for the art side of it or you can go for the business side of it. It just really depends. But there's so many outlets for wrestlers to make money now. They have a lot of freedom. So if I were like someone searching for artistic control, don't sign a long term contract. Don't sign that contract. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you 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 start talking about people with like other th- other things going on outside of wrestling. You actually were able to be in the presence of a WWE superstar recently. Oh yeah, can we talk about that? Of course, I could talk about a little of it. Um, so I produced a podcast with uh, Mandy Mandy Rose as a guest, and let me tell you, like I think she's one of the nicest, sweetest people I've ever met in my life. Um, like. Is she, like, one of those hot girls that doesn't know she's hot and is nice to everybody? Well, she talks about her past, about how she grew up with, like, a lot of brothers, so it's easy. It must be tough to date guys, and you can see how she's very tomboyish, uh, just based on the fact that she's a professional wrestler. Tight, tight. She's very physical. But, like, just talking to her and seeing her journey, I'm more convinced now, like I was telling you guys before we got in, that she should be a WWE champion one day. Uh, I think she has all the tools. Uh, Only thing is if she gets that push or if she focuses on that because like I mentioned she has a other business ventures that you know a lot of wrestlers want to do they, they get into wrestling to branch out right so I think if she focuses on being uh, a wrestler it, the sky's the limit she has the move set she's physical she has the package you know but she can also like do like a fitness app is what right. she's doing now or right. like a, that donut shop she's doing or, right Right. Um, probably some kind of modeling career as well. Right. Shout uh, out to uh, Mandy Rose t- for being the super sweetest uh, wrestler ever. And her publicist, Lillian, who was super nice to deal with. Um, but yeah, I can't wait till you guys see that. And um, 
Yeah, she, she can, she's probably in better shape than all of us combined. <laughs> she's insanely... I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. Um, and it was good just to talk to her about stuff, about wrestling and, like, her insight on it. Because she's obviously on TV every week, so... Yeah, literally on the inside of it. Yeah. Um, you, you guys have gotten some pretty big guests on your podcast. What Can you plug your podcast? Yeah, so it's called Growth Minds. It's a partnership that Shopify has with uh, the great Sean Kim. Shout out to you. Uh uh, but yeah, we have we had Dennis Rodman, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Timothy Delegato, Anna Akana. She's a dime piece in real life, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I'll, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I'll plug it. I'll show you guys more of that uh, once out. We just released the Rodman episode a couple days ago, so yeah, it looked awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. It's good work. Did you get to talk to him about uh, any any of his time in the NWO? No, nah, because his wife slash oh, I don't want to say that. But no, no, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well. Definitely keep your eyes out for that. Um, I saw your Instagram story and like just seeing you seeing you that close to Mandy Rose. I'm like, God damn it! It's kind of starstruck. That's, quite, that's quite radiant, awesome, quite radiant. Yeah, she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. She's always got that glow. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, that's awesome, dude. She'll beat my ass though. <laughs> she beat all of our asses at the same time. Um, what else do we got? Are, are we done? Can we get into the put me's? I think, yeah. I think it's about time. Do you guys have anything you, you want to add as far as... Um, Just the, well, I guess it's a nice segue as far as this year. Like, we could reflect on 2019 because it's definitely been uh, a very... I don't want to say interesting year to say in the uh, pro wrestling landscape. Uh, a lot has definitely happened within the past 12 months. Right. It's not the same. It, it's a different landscape from January to January. Right. Um, it's a completely different uh, product. There's so much wrestling now to watch. Um, there's another major company uh, giving competition. Eh, major Jace. Uh, well, we'll get into, the, we'll <laughs> we'll, get into that. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that. Um, but it's not just AEW. There's also other outlets as well. We mentioned right. with NWA coming back. MLW is also has their own YouTube show. WMAC Masters. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, throwback. Um, and then and that's just here in North America. You, you got also New got Japan. New Japan World. Oh, New Japan. New Japan. Um, you got CMLL. Triple. There's a lot of wrestling going on right now. So. Um, Overall, let's let's go ahead and talk about this. What is the biggest story so far in 2019? What do you guys think it is? The biggest story, uh, well, wrestling wise. Do you guys want to go down the list? Oh, we can do that. But we, before we start that, okay. TLC was last week, right? Yes, TLC was last week. Uh, I I am the put me over champion for that week. You you won. I won. Um, Ooh. I guess I th- it came down to the Bobby Lashley match, and I I guess Lashley. Oh, because I knew they weren't going to stop that storyline anytime no. soon. It's it's going until WrestleMania. But um, oh god, please don't <laughs> put that hex on us. Oh, uh, real quick, my, one of the thoughts that I thought of when I was watching TLC, which was a great, uh, I thought it was like a B plus B pay per view. I had some decent matches, but the Buddy Murphy match and uh, Alistair Black match. Yeah, if that was an AEW match. All the marks in the world would be creaming all over their crusty jeans, dude. I think. That match was so good. Even the crowd there didn't know what to do. I think it was kind of an awkward match because it was not to be expected, and they gave him a lot of time. And it's coming. It came off after right after that New Day tag ladder match, right? Which was fire. Also, um, those two matches alone were just more interesting than anything AEW's put out. Sorry, guys. Oh come on! The biggest hater serious? is here, are guys. Are you serious? The biggest hater is here. Wow. Um, God, that, I, I, that is a hot I'm take. Gonna, I'm going to disagree with you on that, first of all. Um, those two matches did not put over the show. The rest of the show after that was such a drag. Um, not only the match, but also the story and the pacing all the way through was just... What about The Fiend, though? The Fiend Miz. I was not I was not a fan of that. Here's another hot take. Uh, MG, MJF, 
It's just basically the Miz who can't is not uh, as oh nearly no. as good as talking. You're one thousand percent wrong. One hundred percent right. Uh-uh. Because if you guys, hate, uh, I I seen MJF matches. They're not that good, and I think the Miz is just as good, if not better, on the mic. So it, I think it's a hypocritical thing to say that no. the Miz sucks. No. And MJF is this guy because the, the Miz is better than MJF the, guys. The, di- the difference being between those two is that MJF is a lot younger. The Miz Way has younger. at least ten plus years in the business. Right, but we're talking about right now. We're not talking about potential. I'm saying on an even playing field okay. right now where they're at. I think the Miz is better than MJF. Sorry, Mark. In, in the but ring, that's true. In the, in the ring. I think all around the mic, the ring, because MJF's not that good in the ring. He's not smooth. He needs work. He bro. does need work. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll he's give just him that. A talker right now. I mean, if he was, but a he's com- the best talker. He's the best talker yeah, that they have in AEW. Wait, that's not saying much. Like, who's the best talker in AEW? Is Chris Jericho? Because what he's doing now, I'm never gonna take any. I think he's fed doing fantastic work right now. He's, you know, Cody gives the best promos. Putting on the back of Cody's decent, but there's just I always had a. Biased a dislike for Cody. I don't know why. Maybe because it was Stardust. Okay, Vince. Okay. But you got to take away uh, past the Stardust era and where, what he's done in AEW as far as him on the promo. He's done leaps and bounds from what he ever did in right, WWE. Right. But let's get back to like how MJF is is the same as The Miz, but The Miz is better. No. Uh, I, 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 I'll disagree with you 1,000%. MJF gets real heat, all right? The Miz... On his best day, being a bad guy, couldn't touch MJF on the mic. Oh, man. And the the, the Brian uh, Miz thing was a career launcher for both, I thought. It it solidified Miz as someone who can compete on the mic. You mean the the talking smack thing? Yeah, yeah. To me, that was 30 seconds. And that was three years ago. And that's all it takes sometimes. Like, if you got it and worked to it. And there's something to be said about a guy who's grinded and figured it out over time, right? So I think that's a credit to Miz, not a discredit that it took him that long, that he was able to grind and hustle his way to where we weren't, he's at. We weren't saying it's a discredit to Miz. I mean, he's it's taken him, yes, you're right, 10-plus years to get where he's at right now. Um, now the, difference between WrestleMania. The, the difference between those two is that um, it's not really quite an even playing field. I will give you that. Um, the Miz isn't allowed to say certain things that MJF is allowed to say. So there is a difference between those two as far as what they what can be said what can't be said. I, I will give you that. You're you're right about that. Right. Um. As far as delivery goes, as far as passion goes, I mean, I think if Miz has something he can sink, him, sink his teeth into, he could be one of the better promos. I've always said he's been one of the best promos in WWE if he has something he can sink his teeth into. Top five. Consistently, the, it is top five WWE. MJF right now, every promo that he's done so far in AEW, and even before that, even before on the indie scene, he's been one of the best guys on the mic. There's no question about that. I mean, I would put him up there as in a Samoa Joe category, and um, even in the Chris Jericho promo in Dakota Rose, he's up there. Well, Jericho is the god of promos. He's in a class by himself. Uh, well, with like five other guys. But uh, what my argument is, I'm saying is MJF is a great mic. He's a good mic. Let's not say great. Uh, he's decent, not that good of a wrestler. I think Miz is that same thing. So to judge Miz harshly on certain things. Um, I don't think we've seen enough MJF in AEW to be able to say, right. say if he's a good wrestler it, or I, not. I broke down his... I was like, okay. I watched a lot of his matches on YouTube. I'm like, he's not that good in ring. His mic work, I get. But The Miz is the same thing. I think... The Miz wasn't very good in the beginning either. That's what I'm saying. But like, Miz's mic work... I'm talking about how they're uh, equating now. I think Miz is above him. Miz is a better... Let's hear, You heard it here, guys. Miz is a better performer all around. Right now? Okay. I, I, okay. Give right, MJF right 10 now, years. Yes. 
We'll he's see. got a we'll head see. start. We'll he see. should be better than MJF. Yeah, and I'm proud of I mean, you, Miz. MJF I love should you. be better than Miz. But MJF is better than Miz. I think in every category. Like, I'd much rather because when when the Miz was on top, right? When he was Res- WrestleMania, see, he yeah. was never he was never the focal point of that feud at all. Right, right. He's always had something like a, a title. Whenever he's peak form, he needs a title. MJF does not need a title to make himself and his opponent over his shit. I'm, dude, the thought of Cody versus MJF after everything we've seen, this has been building for so long. And then now we're going to finally get the payoff for this. I'm way more excited about that than any Miz match I've ever seen. Well, I think the Miz Fiend match. Dude, the misfit, the, that the best part, of, that best part of that match, okay, was when Daniel Bryan came back. The American Dragon de-aged himself ten years by just a shave and a haircut. That was the best part of that. That was that the was, only part that, that, that everyone was, part anyone was match, talking about. No, but I think what caused that moment to be so great was the story that how, the Miz and uh, Fiend, the Fiend going into Miz's house, like how corny and like. I, it was just like a scary movie. I liked that. Yeah, that shit is fantastic. I thought that was work. awesome. But is that because the Miz is good or because the Fiend character? I think it's both equal parts because I think. No. No, I think because Miz made me feel that way. If it was like Joe Schmo, uh, the only other Samoa person. Samoa Joe? Samoa, no. Well, just Samoa Joe would do a great job at it. But like, if it was just some other wrestler, insert whoever, anybody from. You know, even AEW or WWE in that fact, I think Miz really catapulted that story. I feel like I don't think he, I don't think he really did. I mean, I, I don't think he did. I think right now he's just a placeholder for what's going to end up happening. That's all I see Miz right now at the moment is just a placeholder for the Daniel Bryan Fiend match that's going to happen eventually down the road. After that Miz Shane feud, what has the Miz been doing exactly? Well, hosting Miz TV. I, yeah, I think he's been. Uh, he's been. He's been just fucking out there on a boat by himself, dude. He hasn't had anything really to do. Uh, the Fiend was the Fiend versus Miz. The outcome of that match was never in in question because the Miz really is going to beat uh, the Fiend, who Dan oh, O'Brien. It, it was Bray at that time. Like you know what I mean? Like the fact. Oh yeah, it, it was Bray Wyatt. But like, <laughs> still like. The fact that the Miz was ever thought that he had a chance in this match is laughable because he's the Miz. But then you think of a guy like Seth Rollins or Daniel Bryan that had the same opportunity. Those guys had literal, like, they had an actual chance of, of, of maybe winning that match. Maybe Daniel Bryan at this especially more. Right. Um, and, oh, go ahead. But, I mean, that that's pretty much it. And, me, and you look at the Miz this year. Um, he started off feuding with Shane McMahon. And it looked like that it was going to accumulate to where um, the Miz was going to get his one up on Shane McMahon. Um, remember that match they had at WrestleMania? Um, that was this year. Oh yeah, that was the uh, False Count Anywhere the match. False Count Anywhere match where so yeah they fell on him and he pinned him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And ever since that happened, the Miz has been has not has been very cold. I don't think he's he has not picked up traction ever since then. And that was a perfect time to put the Miz over and establish himself as a top babyface. But him as a babyface right now is he's just I mean no good. It's it's not good compared to what he could be. Right. And is that is that because it's not the Miz's fault? It's it's creative's fault in that regard, right? So well, they have nothing for him. They have nothing for him, and that is, and you're right, it is creative's fault. They they really haven't done much for him. I think he, at this point he is poorly utilized as a babyface, just as a performer in general. There's so many things you can do with him, is right. Also, think about the fact that they turned him babyface, right? But they didn't change anything about his character for me to think like, oh, he is a he is a good guy now. 
Um, the, Until the, recently, if you think about it. Well, even just look at his his entrance attire. He's still coming out with the same entrance Naruto. attire that like made them made made him an annoying heel. You know, he comes out with those annoying glasses. They haven't done anything to make the Miz feel any different than he did before. Um, until recently when like now he's a family man and now like he cares about his, his daughter. Um, and that's what changed him to be more of a baby face was to have that attribute, have him be more of a family man. But it took him a year to lean into that. Sorry, The Miz is not as good as you think he is. Dude, well, so shout out to The Miz for having a decent year. But uh, we can leave this here. Below but, average year. Uh, <laughs> agree with me. Comment like if you think that The Miz is way better than MJF. Or the same fucking person to me. Like, as far as what the roles are right now. But, yeah. Comment like, disagree, agree with me. Because, you know, you want to. Love you. <laughs> All well, right. What um, else we got, Dick? Let's uh let's just get into our our put me's. Yeah. Ooh, first annual. Uh first annual uh, <laughs> first annual awards. Uh let's let's how do you guys want to break down these categories? Do you want to just go let's down? Let's do it by each category. You want the jobbers first? Jobber of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, might as start well. from the bottom up. And people and you guys have uh, submitted a lot of great yes. answers and you crack me up some of you guys. Um, um I yeah. agree with one of you guys and I'll I'll let you know who my jobber All of the right, year so is. All right. So jobber of the year, let's go oh. ahead and pull it up. We should write down our results and see, or have a poll and see who agrees with the, with the best or whatever. But I'm going to agree with uh, this listener here. I put it up and I started cracking up because I didn't even think of it. He's such a jobber. Uh, EC3 is my jobber of the year. Um, that's, a good, that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. I'm trying to figure out who to give credit to here. But um, Oh, uh, Land underscore W. Yeah, thank you, Land, because that hit it on the nose. That was amazing. Only because his expectations were a little higher than where he's at right now, and he's had a shitty year, dude. Where's he? Where's he at? I mean, I feel I feel genuinely bad for the guy. <laughs> Me too. Uh, he, I, what did he do to deserve this? Is, is my question. He literally did nothing. He he was he, he got over in TNA. He was a champ. I mean, that he that was, was a tough champion. That's right. probably his biggest sin. It <laughs> yeah. was that he did good somewhere else, and he <laughs> came back. And Vince is just like, oh no. That's not our product. Let's bury it. <laughs> he was kind of a shit promo all this time at WWE. Maybe they, they didn't give him the right amount of stuff. Shit promo? How do you be a shit promo if he doesn't talk at all? <laughs> that's what <laughs> they, they didn't let him talk. They didn't let him talk at all. Oh, that's that's pretty bad. EC3 should have been what MJF is now. He could be. They had the same type of character. The same, like, rich boy, like, right. priv- entitled. He's the top 1%, but um, flip that. He's a... He's the bottom one person. He's the uh, total opposite. Congrats. Uh, You're my jobber of the year, EC3. You did well. You did well this year. All right. Uh, my so, my jobber of the year. Uh, oh, here we go. There's but a I, lot to choose from. There is. <laughs> go on, Dick. You can go ahead. No, no. Go for it. Um, I'm actually going to agree with uh, Adam Bettene. Um, I hope hope I got that. Bettany. Uh Mojo Raleigh. Uh, I thought that was a great, great one. There, there was a lot to choose from. You got your No Way Jose's out there. You got your, uh, um, you don't know Jack and Bella saying Brandon Cutler. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Michael Nakazawa is also another great uh, jabron. Um, but I would go with Mojo Raleigh just based on the fact that they were so, there he was so like they were trying to repackage him and he never kind of got into any anything all year. How many times has he been repackaged this year? Oh. Just this year. I I I would go on twice, and it started like two weeks, and then stopped, and then a month later they were talking about it, and then it 
just die to death. And I think that's the problem with um, it's not just Mojo Riley; it's with other su- uh, superstars in um, on the, on WWE as well. They have these start and stop uh, pushes where you don't really care much for them. No, there's and that that that's that's a huge that's the biggest problem WWE has is that you don't care about any of these people. There is nothing to them at all. They have like this this certain idea for a wrestler to go one way, and then they give it a few weeks, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, no, nah, it's not going to work out, or I'm too I'm bored over it. I, and I mean, um, a, perf- a perfect example of that, and not as a jobber, is Humberto Carrillo. I was I've been the same thing, yeah. Very vocal about Humberto Carrillo, not because of the, he's not a, he's not a great talent. He's a great talent. It's just they don't know what to do with them. Mexican favoritism. <laughs> they don't know what to do with the guy. I would I would I would even go one one higher, and I would say Andrade. Oh yeah, because Andrade is amazing in the ring, but they don't do they don't do anything with him. They they he's in there to enhance guys. I'm curious to see what his 2020 looks like. That's an interesting character to work with. Well, they're already teasing the Zelina Vega breakup. Right. So I hope to God, God they don't do that. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so who's your jobber of the year, Dicky boy? Um, Mojo Riley's a good pick as far as um, what the hell they're doing with him. Someone um, said Omega. <laughs> Omega. We'll get on that is, too. Omega's. A bit more of a disappointment than anything else. Yeah. I, by, by no means is he a jobber. I don't think he's a jobber at all. Um, disappointment, yes. EC3, I, I, I would I would agree with you as far as him not being used at all and why they even have him up there. I don't think he ever got a fair shake to begin with. Um, so I would, I, I don't know, man. I'm going to say, if anything, I'm going to go with Dolph Ziggler on this one. And um, the reason why Ooh, that's a good is because they've tried to push him as a main event guy. Um, this past year, and then w- and then he gets relegated back to being a lackey, and yeah. then they have like the stop and start push again, which is a recurring theme as well. Like you can't take Dolph Ziggler ser- seriously at this point. Not when he comes out with a generic SmackDown hat on every right. week. Yeah, <laughs> but to be fair though, at least he's like put he's, in places where he's not so much Joe Bear. You know, he's like people. He's still a threat, right? He's a threat. Good point. Yeah, he's still a threat. Um, but when you put him with Baron Corbin, I mean, I just look at both those guys. I'm just like, ugh. Shout out to uh, MJ Shackney for uh, agreeing yeah. with you, Dick. Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree with him on that one. Um, Shout up next says Lucha House Party. That's a good one. That's I, a really good one. Because all three of those guys are so fucking good. Individually, yes. Uh, Grand Metalik, oh, Lince Dorado, um, Sin Cara 2. Uh, I can't think of his name right Kalisto. now. Kalisto. Kalisto. Uh, I mean, they're all really good by themselves, but then they make them come out with pinatas, and they really have no direction or character to them. They just come out and do the J-O-B and, you know, go eat some tamales at home. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, great, great responses, guys. We're, we're kind of agreeing with, with yeah. a lot of people are in agreement. Yeah, good, good responses. You guys make sense. Um, let's go with Tag Team of the Year. Oh, this one's a tough one. What, because, are, uh, what are you guys thinking? I mean, Viking Raiders have been mm-hmm. on a tear pretty right. much all year. Um, some people were saying the revival. Um, I don't. I wouldn't put the revival there because I mean, they're 2019. I'm is a bit ending. disappointed by the revival, not by what they're doing in the ring, but by they're, how they're being treated. Um, stop, start pushes. It's a it's it's a recurring theme all along, and the same can be said for the OC as well. Right, undisputed era is a good choice. Wow, I didn't think about that. That's a good choice right there. I think uh, they've been very consistent all year. Um, Keep in mind, though, Bobby I like Fish them, but has been injured for a good portion of this oh, year. Oh, that's a good point. I like, th- yeah, I was going to say the Undisputed Era is 
a great choice, but I feel like they focus more on the Adam Cole aspect. I feel like all the titles now that Undisputed had them all, they don't really defend them really. That's true. It's yeah. Um, I I actually I'm gonna go with Random Jerk one three eight on this. Oh, I love this guy. He's funny, dude. Lucha Bros. Matt, that's my tag team of the year. That, that's a decent pick. Every time they go out there, they they do nothing but make me smile ear to ear during the entire match. Um, Sports entertained you. They for got sure. the Seattle Miedo, which I feel like they say that a little too much. <laughs> um, but I mean, who can go wrong with Pentagon and Ray Phoenix? And Ray Phoenix to me is um, you could make the argument say he's up there as like top five in the world I mean, by himself. By himself, as yeah. A, as this, an individual, wrestler? as an individual. No, wow, that's a that's a bold choice. Top five. Yeah. Wow. I would say that because just the, what he does in the ring. You see him versus Nick Jackson. No, I didn't see that match. Oh my god! See, you gotta watch this that is match. Your problem. Dude. You no, hate AEW, but watch you don't watch it. Why? Why? Okay, here we go, guys. I when I watch AEW, it's what I do to fall asleep. It's Jesus. I mean, Christ. no. Okay. Guess, what about Raw? Wait, the wrestling is so good, right? I get it. Boom, boom. Blah, blah. But come on, they need writers. All this stuff about where it's just like the writer, or the wrestlers kind of write, you know, for themselves. It's great and all, but there's no direction sometimes. Sometimes it's just all over the place. I think. And what about Raw and SmackDown? No, no, no. Well, I would much rather take an unscripted promo than a scripted promo. Right. Well, here's the thing. Like when I watch uh, Raw or SmackDown, sometimes it gets, yeah, it gets boring and it gets out of there. But at sometimes? least I, I, ex- I know what to expect as far as like. How narratives are told, at least it's t- telling some sort of narrative. But like AEW is all over the place. Like with when that Jungle Boy faced Jericho, I was like, hmm, that's not interesting. I was like, that's that's the oh, same. Oh, you're what way you, off. Why, on why that is one. it not interesting? I was just like, oh god, that match was awesome. You, you know what the story is about, right? They're they're trying to tell a story about Jungle Boy who has had a poor record, and they're saying like he can last ten minutes with Jericho because Jericho says you can't last ten minutes with me. Right, but that to me, that's just the waste of, a, of, of pushing a bigger story. Well, no, like, they are pushing the bigger story. The bigger story the bigger is story. the Moxley Jericho. That's what they're pushing. That's a that's part of the sub story right there to get to the bigger story of Moxley and Jericho. Look at the Miz. The Miz is just an offset, a setup for the Daniel Bryan uh, Fiend rivalry. So yeah, it's Jungle Boy Jericho and Fiend and and Miz. Right. Same thing. You see, I'm so bored. Instead of tell the bigger story. But you just said you just said earlier though that that the Fiend was a great the Fiend and Miz was a great storyline for that. Right, but they're both like. There was a long setup for that. The Jungle Boy thing just came out of nowhere for me. You know, like it's like, okay. So well, no, because Jericho was like, I'm going to list off all the people I'm not going to fight. And then he didn't name off the Jungle the Jungle Express team. And Luke, then they came out. That, that's Express. how they got to it. And yeah, then that was about two weeks ago on um, on um, on Dynamite. Yeah. He did list that. He had a, a, the, the list of names. Which was awesome because it's Jericho and it's a fucking perfect well, the point is, get writers, guys. Like, it's all over the place for me. I'm sorry. No, I think I think you're mistaking the fact that they don't use writers. They don't use writers to write promos. So that's why you get people out there that when they say words, they actually mean them. Whereas WWE, they're handed a script, and they're, they're forced to read these words. And you, you can tell they don't believe. Look at Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was handed a script every week, and he was saying the most stupid stuff. Um, he was saying things that I could tell he didn't believe in. Where I can see Scorpio Sky go out there, cut a promo on Jericho about how he's fought his way through the needs to get to where he's at and he's not going to take this chance for granted and i fucking believed it and i was all in on that match well i think what it is it's just a balance right you can't give each like that's why there's script writers that's why like in acting in movies you have to have some sort of authoritative voice to help you guide yeah you can have some creative freedom and i think wwe goes the complete other way and have all the you know uh way overproduced right but at the same time there's got to be a balance because i don't think to me it's just sloppy 
It's just like, what the fuck? Well, you got to keep in mind, WWE has been doing this for like 50 years. Uh, this is year one for AEW, and they're already leaps and bounds and over Raw and SmackDown. And look at the storylines that um, that WWE has done this past year. Um, and you talk yeah, about having the writers in there. I mean, obviously, the most recent example being Lashley, is baby. Lashley, Rusev. To me, that's the worst storyline of 2019. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm dead tired of this storyline. It's just, it's going nowhere. What is the payoff to the storyline? Tune in next week on SmackDown or Raw to figure out. Oh, God. That's why I don't care much about it. Um, You look at Seth Rollins when he was facing The Fiend for the Universal Champion after he beat Brock Lesnar. Um, They booked themselves into a corner where there was no outcome, and they made Seth Rollins look like a a really weak babyface into that match, and... They made the they made the fiend look way too strong, and look what happened. The fiend the fiend won the belt, and they had to turn Seth Rollins heel after that, um, just because like they booked themselves into a corner, um, and that's the story that's the story they were telling that during uh, the past couple months. I like the idea that they're going in now, where whenever you fight the fiend, you don't come out the same way. They've that's done that with everybody. Story. I don't know what they're going to do with The Miz, though. The Miz. Kinda I don't know what they're going to do with The Miz, either. <laughs> but the fact that... Champion. Da- oh, yeah, good. Oh, okay. Um, the fact that Dana Bryan came back different, Seth Rollins came out of it different. Um, and that, that's Finn Balor. I mean, oh, you, and you Finn could, Balor. You with Finn Balor as well. He, oh, yeah. he made Finn Balor go to NXT. Like, change brands, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a little tangent. And I think that's a little, uh, that's a little bit of a nice um, trinket to throw into the Fiend character. Yeah, because right. it's a thought-out process. It's a thought-out idea that isn't being booked, like, day of, 10 minutes before showtime. Yeah. Um, who was your tag team of the year, Dick? Okay, you said it was... I went with Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. I'm gonna, and I'm going to go with Lucha Bros as well. Double I, Lucha. Mm-hmm. And then Byron? All right, I'm going to agree. I didn't even think about this, but it kind of makes sense now. I was going to say the New Day, but I saw Femme or Boss Femme Fatale. Shout out to you. You've been... I was going to say, that was my honorable mention. That's a pretty good pick, That's right? an honorable mention. Kabuki uh, they, Warriors, because yeah. they actually made something, and they're continuing to make something of this title. Like, they're not just jobbing, and they're trying to make it something. Oh, and the titles. The title started with Sasha and Bailey, then went to the Iconics that never wrestled with them, and now the Kabuki Warriors have them, and they've actually made them semi-relevant. Right. And um, Asuka's fucking legit as fuck. Yeah. Well, Asuka's been legit, and so is Kairi Sane. They, they're both two of the best women's wrestlers on... Uh, really on the main roster. I mean, I, I'd, I'd go as far as say two of the best that they have. Yeah. I, yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction for that division. All right. After that, the next put me award. Match of the year. This oh, is this probably is the be toughest one. This one's hard. I mean, I have some ideas of, of, of matches I would go with. Uh, Dick, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Um, who would you go with? I mean, just going off some of their responses, there's great, there's great ones to choose from. There, there are. In 2019, if, if there's one thing I could say positive about, it, there's been a lot of great quality wrestling matches throughout the year. Um, you can go with, um, if you want to start off in January, you can go to the January 4th Tokyo Dome show with Hiroshi um, Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega. To me, oh, that was shit. a great That's matchup. A That's a great matchup right there that started the year off right. Um, you can also go with the finale for the Battle of the Super Juniors between Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay. Shout out to Shrak- Shrakman. On, Shrakman uh, uh, came Shrak- up with that. I um, I would be hard-pressed to think of a better matchup. You can go a lot, actually. Uh, there's just so many out there. I think whichever one you guys pick, I would um, I would almost not disagree with. But for me, I'm going to probably go with Ospreay and Shingo for the final because that, to me, put Will Ospreay on the map to be really a uh, heavyweight contender and a main event guy for this year. And I, I look, and in 2020, 
I'm just going to say this out there. I think it's going to be Will Ospreay's year. In NJP? I, I mean... In general. Yeah, I think he needs to move move somewhere else. North America. Uh, I think he needs to come over and try to take on North America. Um, <laughs> put him in NWA. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, they would hate him. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's flippity, flippity, flippity. Exactly. Flippity. And then that's the, year with, that's the thing with him. It's like he's evolving his style to where he doesn't have to rely on the um, flippity stuff. Well, he's going to have to. He's, more, he's becoming more of a technical wrestler, more all-around approach. Got to protect those knees, man. Right. Absolutely. Um, I can go next then. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah this, go next. This one was tough because there's so many candidates like we talked about, but um, Cole Gorgano is an obvious one. But I want to go with something that we give no love to. I don't want to give it love, but I thought that match stands out just because I saw it earlier when we were looking at the top matches, which was Walter versus Bait because that Ooh, shit good was choice, wild dude. of a match. I did not expect it because my expectations for NXT UK things are pretty low, but that delivered in all fronts. Um, that just goes to show you how great Walter is, and Tyler Bate as well. Let's yeah. let's 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 give him as much credit as well. Yeah, that's my match of the year. Uh, there's a lot of good options, but that just stood out just because you know expectations weren't high and it over exceeded that. So, um, I I I really liked Cody and Dustin at a at a double or nothing. Uh, not only because I was there, but just I love the the aftermath, the story that went into it. Um, but I think I'm going to give it up to Kofi and uh, Dan O'Brien at WrestleMania. Yeah, okay. that was a big moment. Um, we all marked out. Remember that we, shit. Dude, the, that's, a, that's a feeling that I don't feel very often in wrestling uh, when Kofi finally won the title. Um, I mean, I, it was kind of – I kind of thought it was predictable, but in a good way. Right. Um, and I, I thought it was the great, the, the perfect way to go, the perfect way to ca- – Get him to another level, and then send him right back down to where he was before. But uh, for <laughs> let's, see, let's forget about that. For that six months, uh, Kofi was running wild for sure. And sometimes predictability isn't always a bad thing, nah. as long as it makes perfect sense. And at that point, when Kofi was getting his push back in January, remember how his push started was because Mustafa Ali was injured. Yeah, and Kofi was just a substitute for Mustafa Ali into the title picture. Then the fans started getting behind Kofi Kingston. He started getting over more and more. Um, eventually he got his shot. I mean, it, it was kind of a, it, it, it was a, a stumbling start, but the way it ended at WrestleMania, it was a great match at WrestleMania. Let's, let's not forget that. Um, a great moment right there for Kofi. One of the, one of the better moments I would say for WrestleMania. Too bad it didn't end the show though. I think that should have ended WrestleMania was having Kofi win the belt and having him in the ring with his family. That would have been a great WrestleMania ending. Absolutely. His six month run was, I think WWE did a much better job than I would ever have given him credit because I would have thought he would have been like a one and done, one and done champion. But they built him up for six months. Granted, some of the opponents weren't always um, top quality. I mean, you had Dolph Ziggler, you had Kevin Owens for a little bit. Um, I think when they had Randy, him feud with Randy Orton, it made him more of a credible champion. But come October, I think everyone started seeing that it's just only a matter of time before Brock gets in there, and Brock was going to take the belt away from him. Not in seven seconds. Not and, yeah, and then not care about it the next week. And not care about it. And that to me left a very it left a sour taste in my mouth for that moment. But it was still a great moment nonetheless. Honorable mention though was the Kofi matches, the Gauntlet match. Yeah, the and, gauntlet uh, match leading up to the Elimination right. Chamber was awesome. And that Chamber match itself was pretty damn good, too. Um, well, it got me hyped for WrestleMania. So The gauntlet match definitely helped out in the beginning as well. It, it did. I mean, it, look what it look what a good gauntlet match will do. Look what it did to Seth Rollins. Right. Um, when he, he ran the gauntlet. Um, same thing with Kofi. I thought they did a really good job with that. 
Um, and then Gargano, Champa, or Gargano and uh, Cole for yeah. for the one, first one or the second one? The first one. The first one. Uh, that's a very really big honorable mention for me. It is. Um, funny they mentioned the gauntlet match. Let's talk about uh, this year in gauntlet matches because we've seen quite a bit of gauntlet matches throughout this year, <laughs> and it just seems like well, it's a it's a theme that uh, that Raw has been using quite a bit. Um, it started off very well with the Kofi Gauntlet match that lasted about an hour plus. Seth Rollins as well, and then uh, just this past week on Raw, uh, not this Raw, but the one that happened last Monday, they did a one-hour Gauntlet oh match for God. the U.S. Championship with no finish. That pissed me off to no end. It was a fifty-minute-long Gauntlet match, correct? Yes. And to end and just waste my time and have it end in a no finish. That was bullshit on so many different levels. I thought Andrade looked awesome. It was all leading up to Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. Humberto Carrillo was a very sympathetic baby face um, trying to overcome the odds. Um, and then for end, end in, the, in a non-finish, that was that was ridiculous. You built up the crowd for that long only to have a non-finish and that... The crowd was pissed off. Rightfully so. I mean, and this is the thing that uh, WWE has used throughout this year is with the n- no-finish bullshit. Um it's just it's getting out of hand you know you need to have um you can do it once in a blue moon but in a situation like that where you have a gauntlet match where you have a clear-cut winner that's just a cop that's an easy cop out that makes no sense at all or the the double count out from the viking raiders and the oc uh was another i mean it was a good match and then it ends in a double count out just because you don't want to you know make viking raiders look look weak in that in that right. instance and i get that too you want to build some uh, intrigue going into when they finally go for the titles um Let's not forget, uh, Vince McMahon was booking gauntlet matches and trip, uh, three out of two out of three falls matches at a necessity because he didn't want commercials mm-hmm. during uh, television uh, during matches. Um, so we were definitely gifted a lot of those uh, multi fall matches because of all that. Um, anything else on this one, guys? Let's let I want to get into the next uh, put me. the next put me award. I think we've said enough for as far as the match of the year goes. All right. Shout out to Dave Kwan. He just says, fuck you for hating AEW. (laughs) Fuck you, Dave Kwan, piece of shit. (laughs) Let's get into our female wrestler of the year. Uh, This is a hot category. There's a lot to choose from. This is tough. Um, I I have like three, four different people that I would want to put in this this top wrestler spot. Um, Byron, let's start with you. Who's your your woman of the year? Uh, Not Luna Vachon, as the photo says. (laughs) Well, that's Uh, woman of the fucking century. Yep. A lot of people are saying Charlotte, surprisingly, right? In our uh, all the fans, random jerk says Tessa Blanchard, so that's kind of hilarious. Um, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Tessa's awesome, but Tessa's Tessa is amazing. I'm gonna go with Becky Lynch, guys, because I think right now, even that raw promo she cut last week, uh, kind of took her away from a little dull spell she had. She's cooled down a lot since WrestleMania, right? But she has for a while there. She was carrying the WWE as. And she's main eventing some of these pay-per-views. Yeah, they haven't been the best matches, but it's still a big responsibility, and it shows that she's able to take that challenge on, and I think she's doing fine. Um, yeah, she Becky need, forever. She, Becky needs Ronda. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's a lot of reason why it cooled down a lot. No, be- oh, no abso- Ronda. Ab- absolutely. That was, that was Batman and Joker. That was uh, Power Rangers and Rita Repulsa. Right. Uh, they, they need each other. Uh, but Becky, without her, she was still awesome, but cooled down quite a bit 
didn't have the same fire she had uh, during all that. Remember when they got in a fight in the like leading up to WrestleMania? They they got the yeah the car thing, all that oh, like God. that was so dope. Um, and I haven't seen that kind of fire out of her in a really long time. I'm here for the Oscar Becky story. But with Oscar Becky, let's do it. She they finally were like, oh yeah, we never, we we have a storyline like right here in front of us. Uh, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, and they're finally doing that. Which and is, I, and which I give is Paul Heyman credit for going back to that storyline. Um, it was about a year ago that they had their their, their match. Remember, Oscar's had two wins on Becky at TLC last year and at the Royal Rumble. Made her tap out. Made her tap out. You're right. And uh, Heyman was smart enough to realize, wait a minute, we have something going on with this. So I give him credit for for doing that. Yeah. Now, as far as as far as uh, Becky for this year goes, um, you could say she is um, the wrestler of the year. I would, I would female wrestler of the year. I would I would say I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Um, after Ron, after WrestleMania though, like she has cooled off considerably. Like look at the feuds that she was in with uh, Lacey Evans. She was uh, back and forth with Charlotte for a little bit, and now they were doing like this quasi tag team against um, the Kabuki Warriors, and now they're getting into the year off with um, with Asuka. So um, it's like back and forth. You can make the argument and say like, well, Becky has done quite a bit, but she definitely has cooled off after WrestleMania though. I I would agree with with yeah. you on that. Um, for me though, I would say, I would. I'm, it's gonna double as both female and breakout for me. I might as well kill both of them right right now, and that's Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is. She has had a fantastic couple months since the moment I saw her. I knew she was gonna be a giant star. Um, she carries herself differently. She just has a like a a, a swagger to her. Um, she has the look of a killer. Like I, she's the she's the entire package. There's a reason why they took her out of NXT UK and put her on a national uh, platform because she is that good, and she's gonna keep being that good. Um, I agree with you, Dick. Rhea Ripley um, is gonna be a, a megastar. Uh, definitely deserving of both awards. Um, and her, she topped the year off right by beating Shayna Baszler in a hell of a match. In, by a, the in way. a great match uh, on last week's last week on NXT. NXT. That's one thing I want. I will say about NXT. NXT is giving AEW a giant run for their money. Um, there's a reason why the the balances have kind of shifted in NXT's favor because they're giving us takeover level matches every week. Not only that, but they're also getting promoted on SmackDown and Raw every week. Um, Good job, H. Um, it's it's really smart. It's a smart play. AEW has their one platform, where WWE has multiple platforms. So might as well get the word out about NXT. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that all goes. Uh, my one of the year, uh, and this was kind of hard because I I did want to go with Rhea Ripley um, for uh, my woman of the year. Um, Becky Lynch. I mean, obviously. Um, but I think I'm gonna agree with you, Dick. I'm gonna go with Rhea Ripley as woman of the year because she's just that good, um, and she's gonna be good next year. Not my rising star. I have a different one for okay. rising star. Okay. I mean, I I, I would. Um I would say that as well. And then let's, let's mention some honorable mentions as well. Um, we did mention um, Tessa Blanchard. I think she has a huge upside as well. She's been getting better and better each year. She needs to go to a major promotion. Though. I think she will. Yeah, she she will eventually go in the next couple of years. I could see that happening. Um, I would say um, someone that we haven't really talked about is Riho. Um, yes. She is there. She is the AEW Women's Champion. That's one thing AEW is doing right now that I don't like. I haven't Women's seen her. Division. I haven't seen her on TV in so long. Um, but Riho... Rio is awesome. I, I I'm a big fan of Rio. And with Rio, like the one thing I'll say is that she can she can win the crowd back. She's done that yes, very well. Absolutely, because she looks so sweet and innocent. And like when she's in distress, I feel really bad for her. Um, and she's actually very good in the ring as well. She's a she's a she's a great talent. Yeah, 
Uh, she's she can sell her ass off too, just because she's so small. Um, also, I mean, from AEW side, I I really like uh, Hikaru Shida. Um, I think she's gonna be. Um, I think she's gonna be big next year. Another honorable mention. Um, do you have any honorables? Uh, Charlotte Flair. Uh, people think she jobs, but I mean, it wasn't her year to have. A, it wasn't her year to have a dominant. Year. Yeah. Um, I think whatever WWE asks of her, she's a company woman, and she's always going to be that important. She should be and female of the year contender every fucking year. And you, and you hit that on the head right there when she says that she's a company woman and that she does anything that the company has asked. And uh, Ric Flair had uh, just actually recently had uh, criticized the WWE and how they portray Charlotte and that um, they see her as someone who's kind of like a yes woman who will do anything that um, the company has asked but isn't really using utilizing her to a full potential. She'll get a year where she's just going to toy dominate. But didn't, didn't Rick kind of be that person for a while? Yeah, he was. He too. was. He put over everybody. He did. Rick's kind of senile now, guys. So <laughs> sorry. I mean, um, he's up there at seven years old. I mean, and keep in mind though, Charlotte has uh, she's she was a SmackDown Women's Champion twice this year. Yeah. Um, in the beginning of the year, she's like a nine-time champ already. Yeah, she is a nine-time champion, and then she clearly. had a quick uh, she had a quick run with the SmackDown Women's Champion before Bailey cashed in on her. Yeah, remember that oh, did yeah, happen this year. About that. Don't forget about Io Shirai too. Io Shirai, I think, needs oh, more love. Yeah. She needs more love as well. Um, yeah. She she w- turned she turned a uh, heel and completely reinvented herself and made her even more of a killer than she was already. So I would give a huge honorable mention to Io Shirai. But I think um, this year, I think her losing to Shayna multiple times did cool her down to an extent. Shayna yeah. too. Shayna needs an honorable Shana, mention too. Shana, she had you know a what? That's good fucking. Yeah. Shayna has what? had a great run. She's we forget like about le- Shayna. Yeah, she's a legit ass wrestler, dude. That Rhea Ripley match for the title, I was hooked. She's, oh, they had me big time. Yeah, hook, yeah. hook line and singer. They had me with she's her. She's carried uh, 2019 uh, not only for uh, NXT in their women's division, but also uh, the women's division in general for the landscape. Damn, I wish I could take back my my yeah, my she, woman of the year. Yeah, I want to give it to I want to give it to Shayna actually now. I, I don't blame you. It. I mean, yeah, she had a uh, that's, year. that's that's that's, a, that's another great mention. Almost all year. She was practically year, the right? entire year. Yeah, four hundred something days. I thought so. Um. So yeah, Shayna Baszler is my woman of the year for sure. The submission magician. And at this point, you you definitely Shane put her Longo on the McMichael. you you put her on the main <laughs> roster. You put her on the main roster. What do you do with her um, as far as? Oh, possibilities are endless. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think a good introduction get her get her started off right. Uh, have Shane have Charlotte put her over. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania, you know make what? Charlotte tap out to Shayna Baszler. Okay, uh, that would make her instant heel um, and fucking killer. Depending on what they're going to do with uh, Becky and Asuka, I would say if Becky does go over Asuka, which I think that's going to be, um, that's what it's le- looking looking uh, toward. Yeah. To get Becky get her win back, you have Shayna debut after the after that match, have her uh, attack uh, Becky, and you could set up for either um, the February pay per view or if you want to do decent long term storyline, WrestleMania. Yeah, um, I think that'd be yeah. I mean, all roads lead to WrestleMania. Um, I think we're gonna get Oscar and uh, Oscar and Becky. I think that we're gonna get that blow off at Royal Rumble. I think yeah. maybe Becky has bigger fish to fry. Uh, which I mean, Oscar would be the biggest fish I think right now at the moment. Uh, let's get into our rising star of the year. Um, someone that's gonna start it off this year um, and has like big potential for next year um, coming up. Uh, a lot of a lot of call ups from NXT going to the main roster, uh, which apparently you can't say anymore. Did you know that? 
they don't call them uh, main roster call-ups anymore. What do they call them? They just say... Transition? I don't know what they say, but I was listening to the Corey Graves podcast, the After the Bell, uh, which, I mean, we're still at war, but it's a good podcast. Fuck you, Corey Graves. You should go listen to it. Um, he was saying that they can't say call-ups anymore. NXT call-ups is, like, not a thing they can say on air anymore. I mean, to be fair, they are uh, they're on equal footing with Raw and SmackDown. So that, I guess yeah. that's one way to, to to stay face about it. I would say they're better than both, but yeah, uh, I agree. So then, what? So then, do the do these guys get into Raw and SmackDown at will, or we have to wait till the draft? I mean, it, it seems like it's kind of like we don't know what's going to happen, you know. Well, especially the last couple of weeks, they've been they called up uh, Chelsea Green last oh, yeah, night on on Raw. Wild. They did, and then the week before that, they called up um, wow, what was her name? Um, Deanna Perazzo. Deanna Perazzo, yes. Um, so I mean, they're kind of just wild carding it. I don't know. I wonder if they're gonna do that. They're wild carding, but they're not wild carding at the same time. Well, are they still on NXT or no? Yeah, so, I think. So maybe it's just a trial run. Who knows what they're doing? Which is they've done that before in the past. But if they want to give them a trial run, you'd think they'd give them like a a victory or something. Maybe <laughs> maybe pin Charlotte like with a quick roll up one two three kid style or something. Um, I don't know. And I, I think that, that just go. I think that just goes to show you the the lack of depth on the women's r- rosters for both Raw and SmackDown, as far as um, they have to call up NXT talent to um, be an enhancement talent of sorts for the women. Yeah, um, definitely not enough for a tag division. That's for sure. Definitely not. And then and then again, that's one of the main problems that they've had. Um, but yeah, this is going to be someone that that got in 2019, had a big impact, and has more impact going forward. Um, I, I think I'm gonna take this one first. Go uh, ahead. My I already r- said mine. So my ahead. rising star oh, yeah, did. of 2019, going into 2020, Baskin is glory. Baskin Robbins, Keith Lee. Yay. Uh, Keith Lee is gonna Agree? be. I think he's gonna be in the Royal Rumble this year. I think he deserves everything that uh, the Vince McMahon wants to put on him. Um, he's gonna be huge. We knew it back when we saw him in PWG. Um, this man is a, is is a freak. I've never seen a, a refrigerator jump out of a ring before. How does he move like that? I without he's so gi- he's so physically gifted. His 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 ACL joints must be so thick <laughs> they're not gonna tear ever because he does some crazy shit. I'm like I would have torn both my ACLs on that jump easily. And he's had the gift of the the last couple months at least when he uh, totally chucks the shit out of Adam Cole. And you just look at his facials and like his, the, the what what he can say in the yeah. ring without saying words. Um, I, Keith Lee, I think, is gonna be a huge star next year. And his mic skills are very good. I mean, yeah. he's a great he's he's a great he's a good promo guy. When they don't give him a script, like sometimes I've seen him and they're like, oh, God, that reading that is hard for rough. him. <laughs> not, I wouldn't say reading's not hard not for so him, much that. It's just what what they they're gonna give him stupid shit to say. Yeah, and that's and that's not just him. That's just the problem with um in general, um him on the mic. If you go outside of NXT, I mean, he's always been a great mic. He's always been. He's he, he knows what to say. He knows how to say it. It's great on the stick. Yes, the he butter is. stick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably. Uh, he's definitely a top candidate. I agree with a lot of our people. MJS Hackney. I think he, me, and him are like the same yeah, dude. That we, guy's a good guy. we we have a lot of uh, a lot of good things. Uh, Srackman says uh, Jake Atlas was a uh, big on the indie scene. I think Jake Atlas is going to be huge. I agree. Um, he's going to be coming up. Um, Osprey is a big one because his was breakout year. I think this is breakout that. year as well. Um, Adam Cole. A lot of people are saying Adam Cole. Um, qualified because he's been beast. I wouldn't put him as a as a rising star because how do you be a rising star and NXT champion? Right. He's definitely put NXT on his back. Right. Um, 
because last year he was NXT champion. Yeah. Um, he, he, I don't know if he's a rising star. I, I would put him. He's more of in a category of uh, man of the year. I would put him up there. There, oh. there is one response on here that um, the Kofi Kingston as rising star of the that's year. Kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, slightly, years. slightly disrespectful. <laughs> May, kind of yeah, funny. that's that's <laughs> super uh, disrespectful. Uh, eleven years, eleven years too late, I'd say. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the slowly star. Jackson Riley says Pete Dunn. I would think Pete Dunn has been the he has, way. He has big potential. He's cooled down a yeah. lot. He has um, um, after his his bouts with. Uh, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. Right. Um, he kind of just doesn't really have anywhere to go right now, um, but he's he been, could. He could. Right. He's been floating in and out of NXT UK um, and NXT as well. Uh, for the most part, like this past year, he's been feuding with um, with the Undisputed Era. Um, it's what it just seems like. It just seems like it's just blurred into like, but kind of random, not like set up. Yeah. In a way, just like a match. Um, kind of like your argument against AEW. I hate him. Fuck AEW. <laughs> um, but my rising star is just, I, I was going to say Keith Lee, but I'll give this person credit. Uh, none of these people here, but uh, Alistair Black. I think his star is Ooh. only going to go higher. That uh, Buddy Murphy match should, and that little feud should put them both over. Yeah. And 2020 is going to be a title run of some sort for him. Alistair, oh. I, I was wondering how they could fuck up Alistair Black, and I feel like they did. By they put, did. You put him in a room and have him just cut promos. Uh, that's not a way to show off Alistair Black and what he can do. But I think 2020, he, he should be out there do, doing more. Yeah, I think he'll have, he'll have a big 2020. I hope he recovers from this. 2020. So. All right, guys, this is uh, the main event. This is the hardest one. Probably the hardest one, yeah. Yeah, because there's so many good performers this year. I'll tell you it's not Kenny Omega because he's jobbing on <laughs> AEW. Good job with that. Um, uh, well, okay, the problem with that, I, I will agree with you. He is not the Kenny Omega we saw in New Japan. But this is a new company. They have new people they need to m make popular and give uh, like a footing to. So... He's being the company man, and he'll take some losses. He's not even that low on the on the pecking order when it comes to like main event contenders. He's only lost what three matches, I think three, three matches one on one so matches. Far. Um, and if you go by fine. the and if you go by the ranking system, he is a number two ranked contender for the world title. And it's only Moxley who's lost like one match. So I mean, he's fine. He's fine. Relax, guys. It's gonna be fine. I just want to say this real quickly now that you mention it. Um, Last week, I think there was a lot of backlash from fans about how um, AEW turned out with the Dark Order and then to a great extent how the elite are being used. Yeah. It's a I mean, we can talk about it for it, sure. It's a situation where it's like a damn if you do, damn if you don't, where if they put over the talent, it's going to be at their expense and people are going to say, well, you're just uh, making yourselves look weaker and weaker, um, not giving yourselves as, as much um, – as much like you're not as influential, I guess, for for lack of a better your term, your stock is dropped. Your stock is dropped. There you go. Thank you. Like your their stock is dropped if they put over the talent. On the other hand, if they were to book themselves strong, you would hear the, the argument saying, oh. "Well, you guys are doing it. You guys are the owners. You have the book. You, you have can the do booking. it." Yeah. So it's kind of like a damn if you do, damn if you don't situation. So I understand why they're doing it because they want to get in the end. They want to try to get more talent over so that way they have a bigger a bigger roster to mess with and um, no, what, I, what i will say about aw it's not i mean wins and losses matter but the content of the match actually has a lot to do with how these people get over and how they're perceived kenny omega can lose a match but that match is going to be awesome on you know the whole the whole time um and i think that's what they're trying to get over they're trying to get over the not so much the result but 
the whole match as itself. Look at uh, what they did with when uh, Trent Trent fought uh, Pentagon. I thought that was an awesome match. I thought I, the fact that Trent is known as a, as a singles guy, um, he a went tag out team there, guy. yeah, uh, as a tag team guy. He went out there and tore the house down with Pentagon. That was probably my match of the night that night. Um, give it time, guys. I feel like I, I went on wrestling Twitter the other day and I wanted to just rip out the last little bit of hair that I have in my head uh, because. People are just so it's so toxic and they just hate everything. No one likes anything like just relax, guys. Give it some time. And no one's saying it's going to Rome wasn't built in a day. WWE wasn't Roman built Reigns in a day. Wise. Oh, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Well, that's the exception. The big dog <laughs> was built in a day. That's the exception. Yeah. Um, but um, going to what you're saying, though, I think it's a like about the toxic community of, of the fans is that um, it is a small it is a small minority. I don't think every wrestling fan is like that. There might be certain biases that fans do have, but I think it's a small minority where you see the toxicness that is within the community. And it's not just the wrestling community. It's itself. Byron. No, it's, I, it, I, I literally but, just um, hate him. But it's not just it's not just the wrestling community. It's it's with all these fandoms that are going on, like a lot of uh these the, the fan culture. Lip-tards. Star Wars, um uh, yeah. Dragon Ball, uh, Marvel. I'm just giving it as an example. You have that small minority that um, vocal, very vocal, and it's um, more toxic. It's more negative than positive. Yeah, let's just let's just have fun. I mean, be critical. Yeah, when it when it's warranted. But if you want to sit and nitpick and and you know pick apart every little thing, which we can do on the show sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna have a bad time. Um, I'm not I'm I'm not excusing AEW for their faults. I mean, no. they've had like audio issues. They've had some storyline issues. They've had plot holes. They've had, you know, too many dark factions, I think, is a problem in in the company right now. It is. You add, you know, you have the Dark Order who, I mean, those punches looked really bad last week. Uh, it did. That caused a whole Twitter storm on that. And that's what got me down that wrestling Twitter rabbit hole. Um, they they just have to, you know, nail some stuff down, tight, tighten some screws. The Butcher, uh, the Blade, and the Bunny is another... Um, oh, yeah. that's what, That was the point I was talking about. That's another dark faction. You have the, the Nightmare Collective, which is another dark faction. Um, and then there's there's one more, I feel like. Those are mainly the three in AEW. Yeah. But that's that's three too many. I, I, that's two yeah. too many. It, it is. Um, and then with us, like... we. We we criticize as much as we praise. If we some, I mean, for me, I'll speak for myself. If there's something I like, I will give it praise. If there's something that I think needs to be criticized, I'm gonna be the same way as well. I try to be as unbiased as I can be. And we usually see eye to eye. And on we the try to see eye to eye. Like. All of us really do. I mean, even Except Byron. No, no, I'm pretty. No, fair. Byron, I'm, I'm fair. I'll give you credit. I think Chris Jericho's a top five male performer. He was in my top five list. He is an AEW, uh, but he's one of the bright spots of AEW. Now, there's some criti- There's some uh, praise right there. So we, there's bit. praise and criticism with what we have. Um, but going back to 2019, more yeah. importantly, what is going to be the male wrestler of the year? And there's been a lot of um, great answers. Um, just to list a few, um, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and get the ball rolling. Um, you know, obviously the most glaring example would be Adam Cole. Um, I think he's carried 2019 yep. consistently. Um, he, was, um, he wasn't the champion in the beginning of the year, but... Um, he was in the title contention. He's had great matches throughout the year with uh, Johnny Gargano, um, with most recently with uh, with uh, Finn Balor. The War Games match. The War Games match. He's basically the George Washington of the Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah, he's crazy. Um, he's, he's the general it. right now, leading the charge. Um, so is that going to be your, your your man of the year? You know, I'm going to go with him. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one because I think he, consistently he has proven in and out that he is the top 
the top guy in WWE. That's a good choice. In w- I like that you said not just in NXT, but in WWE. In WWE. Uh, exactly. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I mean, there's 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 a lot of so options. So many good choices. There's here. a lot of different Shout out options. to everybody for choosing Shorty G by Daniel Topher <laughs> for Wrestler of the Year. Sorry, um, I think you meant to vote that in uh, Jobber of the Year. <laughs> I think you picked the wrong. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with something. No one, no one has said this guy. Um, uh, but this is my man of the year. Y2J. Chris Jericho. That's a good pick. He's in my top That's five. That's a good pick as well. He is Le Champion. Anything he touches turns to gold. He has, not only is he like great out there on the mic without a script, um, he's out there having great matches at almost 50 years old. Um, and shitty music, though. But n- no, actually, Judas is a fucking that's not awesome a bad song. song. That's, that's a, a good pretty song. good song. I, I think when it comes to his entrance song, I think that's up. That's probably his best one so far. I mean, "Break the Walls Down" is iconic, but it's, it's iconic. Down. But I would say Judas is up there. Uh, not only is he tearing it up in AEW, but he's also going to New Japan and having matches there too. Yeah. Um, Jericho is my—I would dare I say my man of the decade. Because uh, this this is actually the last show of two thousand the two thousand and tens. The end of the decade. He's had a very good decade. Now that you mentioned it, I yeah, mean, he's had a great decade. In, in 2010, he he was, um, you know, the best in the world character, and he was going into WrestleMania as the world heavyweight champion. Yep. Damn, what a decade! Congrats. He, 2012, Congrats. he came he came back to uh, challenge CM Punk, best in the world versus best in the world. Eh, could have been a better match. It could have yeah. been a better rivalry, but I think their <laughs> match at the following pay per view was much better. Yeah, the story of it the all. The story was great. of it all was it, it definitely um, was an improvement. Because Jericho's smart, and he's like, you know what? It's right here in front of us. Why are we going to try to make this difficult? Like, let's just best of the world versus best in the world. That's a good pick for wrestler of the year. That's definitely hard to argue. And with now that. he he's he has AW firmly attached to his back, and he's yeah. just carrying it. He um, has to right now. Any highlight? I mean, obviously there's highlights in the AW Dynamite show, but it's mostly people talking about Jericho. He has been their constant um, positive for that company this what year. What a big responsibility that guy has. That's insane if you think about it. He jumps from, you know, what's known like New Japan and WWE and now he's like the face of AEW. Good job on you. And he's running with whatever he has. So He knows job. he knows what to do. He's been in the business for so long. He's seen it all that he knows what works and what doesn't work. And, and he's smart about the meme game. <laughs> yeah. He knows yes. that a lot of his things he yeah. says are going to get turned into memes and then they get turned into t-shirts or sh- bottles of champagne and here he is making money on top of all that. Yeah, he's, he's reinventing himself all the time. He's open to change and good job, motherfucker. Abs- absolutely. I like when he brought out the lexicon of Le Champion and he's like, and people are chanting the list and he's like, oh, come on, guys. That's so 2016. Like, <laughs> And no one wrote that for him to say. He just said it. So good. All right, so that's my that's my man of the year. Mine is tough because I could go with the Kofi route, but I'm not going to because obviously his end of the year is not turning out so well, even though he's still getting booked pretty well. Um, I'm going to go with the best pro wrestler in wrestling, Daniel Bryan. Good choice. He's probably the best right now. Uh, Somalius said that. Um, oh, shout out to him. Uh, but, yeah, there's no, there's no one better in the ring. That was my number two. That was my honorable yeah. mention. He's he's up there with the greats. He's solidified himself as one of the best of all time. Top ten, maybe ever. Who knows? But that's a di- topic for that's a, a deba- conversation. That's a debate later on. In, uh, uh, but down yeah, the road. Daniel Bryan's had the greatest year. Uh, he he put Kofi over pretty much, and yeah. did a damn good job with it. Uh, it only works so well that WrestleMania moment would. That's an ideal competitor for Kofi, and just that moment alone shoots him to the top. Now. His whole American Dragon, he's back, Oof. and um, like you're like you said, he looks twenty years younger. 
it's yeah. it's like he w- he was back how he looked back in 2000 when he was on NXT the TV right. show not not right. the not the uh, brand <laughs> I know the Planet Champion is the wrestler of the year in my book so yeah. So I feel like they could have went so much further with it. And I, I think they so were too. going down that road and they stopped. <laughs> they gave him like they gave him the the eco friendly title. Like they were going that way and then they just stopped it. Um, but Dan O'Brien definitely would be my number two uh, yeah, wrestler what a of the great year. year. He's he's ha- he's definitely had a great year and uh, came back from all that adversity adversity. Yeah. Um, of not being able to wrestle and like no one knew where he was gonna go and now he came back and. I feel like they kind of bungled his his return because he came back and then oh Dan O'Brien's back all right next uh, big dog big dog big big dog, <laughs> um, but Dan O'Brien definitely yeah you can he can you know yeah make shit out of lemonade is that how the phrase goes <laughs> shit out of lemonade uh, uh, chicken shit chicken chicken salad chicken shit uh, same shit uh, chicken empanada chicken shit mm, I'm hungry uh, whatever what's a vegan thing he can uh, chicken <laughs> chick with the apostrophe un Chicken. Turn he tofu makes chickpea out of chicken <laughs> shit. <laughs> Turn uh, toffee into tofu. Something like that. <laughs> we'll we'll work on that when we get it. We'll work on that. Um, those are all the put me over uh categories. I mean, we can go one more. Uh, what would be like story of the year? Uh, until the day I die. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> there you go, nice. guys. There you go. Nice. And that's our show, guys. Thank you so much for <laughs> in segment. Um. I don't know. What would be like big storyline? I mean, Kofi winning the title is a, is yeah, a big one. Yeah, that's mine. That's just the I, obvious I, one. I that's would like say. the one of the decade, too. Yeah, that's a big moment. Maybe not the decade, but the last couple of years. Right. Um, now, what uh, means the, sto- the fiend storyline? The fiend. Firefly Funhouse for me oh, would yeah. be. That's a good ass pick. That would be my story of the year um, until the day I die. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way that they've d- gone out of their comfort zone. To let Bray kind of go crazy with this character, um, there's been fallout to people he he's wrestled. God damn, the Fiend might even be my man of the year now that I think about it. But oh, wow. nope, him. Jericho is my man. Uh, but just the way that they've kind of let him kind of go crazy with his own character, minus that ugly title that that they want to sell for seven thousand right. dollars. Um, Bray Wyatt, the the whole story of the Firefly Funhouse has been my my thing of the year. Dick. Um, story of the year. So the dead eye did it. <laughs> um, I mean, I I think to me, uh, are, are we are we talking about like wrestling storylines or just like as far as like kayfabe stories or are we talking about like novels? <laughs> just in, kidding. No. Or as far as like new segments, as anything, anything, anything like moment of the year. Oh, of I year. mean, or I guess yeah, a, yeah. Lump a, all that in together. A, I mean, AEW. Oh, that's debuting. a really good that's one. That's an obvious p- that, plot that, point. That, to me, you, you can't ignore that. I it, mean, that trumps any storyline, any story that has been for this year is the fact that AEW has debuted. It's changed the landscape. It you, changed the universe. Wow. You, you, that, can't, you, can't, you can't change that. That actually coincides with mine, actually. I was going to say Kofi, but I think it's the Wednesday Night War. That's the storyline. Yeah. Because it's the start of something. We'll see from a year from now where, where everybody's at, but... I think the Wednesday Night War is a big, um, yeah, I think it's probably one of the biggest plot points of 2019. It's and making us change our format. Right. <laughs> like, you know what? Too much fucking wrestling. That's it, the plot it, it point. It is, but I think to me it's changed my focus on wrestling from I- instead of being Monday and Fridays or Monday and Tuesdays as it was earlier in the year to Wednesdays now. And another thing we didn't talk about this year was um, SmackDown. It moved from Tuesdays on USA to 
Fox on Fridays. Yeah, the uh, Fox deal was a, was a pretty big story too. It was a big deal as well. Um, and we didn't mention about that. Uh, I mean, we uh, that's another uh, interesting topic for this year as well. Is that uh, SmackDown is now on network TV again? Is that going to draw more fans? Is it, like, what's going to happen down the road as well? So that's another uh, interesting um, question right there. At its best, it's pulling in four million people, and that's a shitload of people to be watching wrestling on a Friday night. Where are all these? There's so many fucking people in this world. Jesus <laughs> Christ. There, there, there is. In the grand scheme of things, there are a lot of people and in this world. Too much fucking wrestling. Let's narrow it down. Let's keep it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, guys. Please. It's just easier for us. Um, speaking of which, you know what today is? It's Christmas Eve. That means uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, so, oh. Uh, if you guys want to go ahead and sit on my lap. And <laughs> no, uh, if you guys want to sit on the lap of Santa, let's ask Santa what we want going forward in 2020. What we what do we want from Santa this year or coming up? Yeah, 2020. Um, so if Santa was here, what would you ask him for for 2020 in wrestling? Uh, I'm, I'll go first. We'll just go, go for it. Here. Uh, Not a replica title or anything, but like uh, something big you would like to happen in uh, 2020. By the way, that replica title I saw, I told you guys, it was $70 at Target yesterday, and there's no reason for a grown man to buy that. <laughs> and plus, my girlfriend called me out on it, so I didn't uh, buy it. But, but for 70 bucks, that's a pretty good deal. That's, a real, that's, 30% that's not off. a bad deal. It's $100 normally. Crazy. But anyway, my uh, this is recency bias, but what I want for 2020 is a long, lengthy Samoa Joe title run. Ooh. Big run, because I think... You you can tell he's on the verge of coming back, and if he never had the world title in WWE yet, um, he never did. Not main roster, at least. Uh, yeah, give him the title, let him run with it. We'll see what he can do. That's my wish. I think uh, going on the Samoa Joe uh, title run. I mean, if they were to do it, they would have done it a few years ago. Um, I think that his uh, stock has dropped a lot. After uh, losing all those title opportunity matches, yep. If he does get the title, that would be a great story for him. Um, and then injuries on top of that. And then injuries on top right. of that is another consideration as well. Um, I don't know though, but that, that that I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you on that one. I think that would be a nice way for for Joe to have his career in WWE end. For me, I think would be to see where um, really where the landscape goes because I think Wednesday night is going to be the focus point as far as wrestling going forward um the more the more interesting story is 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 um raw's declining viewership every year it's every week it's going down more and more i would not be surprised if this raw from um from yesterday from december 23rd goes under two million if that's the case that's the lowest rated raw ever this week yeah yeah i mean it was taped last week it's not a holiday show oh next week you mean no this one is not a holiday show because it's not on a holiday Technically, it's on a regular day, if you think about it. Are you talking about Raw from last night? Yes. Um, well, yeah, it was a, it was their holiday show because they filmed it last week. So that's probably going to hurt the ratings as well, is the fact that they uh, recorded it last week. Uh, but so so what what did you ask for, for, for Christmas? For, for Wrestling me? Santa? I Consistency for Wednesday night, for, uh, for it to be uh, the way it is. I mean... I think that's their focal point right now is um, for for wrestling fans is Wednesday nights and for it to give it give us a good quality and for it I mean for me it's Wednesday night and to keep it uh, keep it good uh, keep it consistent keep it fresh keep it fresh that's on, gonna be on the hard both part. sides I think for both NXT and for AEW um, I'm not I'd like to see where they're both gonna go down the road um, 
and see if they can build their audience. If they can build their audience, that to me is going to be the biggest. It's going to be the biggest challenge for for everyone is to build an audience because you have a dwindling audience that is decreasing each each year. Getting burned out too from Getting, all and, this wrestling and all this wrestling true. as well is not helping. Uh, my my wish from uh, Wrestling Santa would be uh, there's a couple things. I mean, I would like to see CM Punk come back in 2020. Um, I think WWE needs someone like him to come back, and 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 you know maybe maybe we get that Seth Rollins match at WrestleMania. Who knows? Um, but do you I think mean, it's gonna be this WrestleMania or it's gonna be down the road? It well, time isn't on Punk's side, so if he wants to come back, he needs he needs to do it relatively soon. I don't think he can wait two years to come back because I think the the bloom will be off the pedal anyways because he's on backstage now. Um, I. A lot of people hate on CM Punk, and my 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 thought process of it is he's a huge star. Um, he needs to be cutting promos or doing something uh, wrestling related if he wants to. I mean, if he doesn't, then fucking I can go suck my own dick. Uh, but <laughs> I think uh, CM Punk coming back would be a big one. I also think um, I selfishly I want AEW to come to LA. I think they will eventually make the move. Right now, the they're um they're just they're just kind of doing like a sweep of of the area. They're they're working on the East Coast. Uh, Jacksonville is going to be their home territory. That's after, um, that's where Tony Khan resides, and that's where the headquarters are going to be. <laughs> I think they're eventually going to make their way to L.A. Um, definitely by twenty by the end of by the end of twenty twenty. Um, but going back to the CM Punk, let me ask you a question: Do you think it was a wise decision to have him be on backstage? Um, to have him have his I guess not really his official foot back in the company, but kind of like teasing him back in the folds of uh, WWE by having him be on backstage instead of maybe saving it for a more eventful moment. Um, I think they all thought it was going to be a bigger impact. CM Punk himself said, I'm ready to break the internet, uh, which didn't really happen. Um, I, I don't know because it's, he's not employed by WWE. Like this is the only thing that they could do really. Right. Um, but, I wish I kind of wish he would have saved any kind of return to wrestling for, you know, a WrestleMania moment or a Royal Rumble moment or something. I mean, even if he was just coming out to cut a promo uh, or comes out for like 20 seconds and run out of time, whatever, um, I would have been fine with that more than what they did on backstage. And do you think that he will eventually come back in the ring? I do. You do? Okay. Yes. Hopefully. Because if you think about it now, Wrestlers don't always quit. They're, like when they say they're done in the ring, they're that's usually they'll take a couple years off, and then maybe we'll see how they are down the road. No wrestler retires. No, I mean look at Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair, the best send off ever, and came back to wrestling to impact. Um, you look Dumbass. at Shawn Michaels. You look at Mick Foley. You look at fucking Ultimate Warrior. Not Ultimate Warrior. Um, he, he never wanted to come back. Look at Bret Hart. Bret Hart got screwed. Went away for twelve years. Still came back. Um, they always come back. They do. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. I don't, I kind of said what I was want what I want earlier when I when I came up the the Shannon Baszler coming to the main roster to challenge Becky Lynch. That's I think that's what I want the most. That's pretty big time. I would like to see that's that. A big time. I, I can see that happening. Uh, what do you guys want? That's gonna do it for us. You know what else I want? Sex. Sex. I want you guys to please share this podcast and let's get more listeners this for Ooh, 2020. Yeah, let's do that. One. And do, do us a favor too. Uh, we're going to post our list of all these put me's. Uh, like, disagree, tell me I'm right, tell um, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, post them up and yeah, feel free to. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, downloading, telling your friends, telling your neighbors, telling your friends' neighbors. 
we got a lot more coming up for 2020, guys. We got episode 100, 12 episodes away. So in 12 short weeks, we're going to do some kind of live, not sure exactly, but maybe we're going to have a party. Who knows? We can have a party. Definitely special guests. Uh, maybe we can bring back uh, the $100 man for that one. Maybe Mandy. Maybe Bulgogi Hogan. There's a lot of possibilities coming up for 100. The Roll to 100 is still going strong. Yeah, so thank you guys for being with us this long. Uh, we'll be back next week as our regularly scheduled time. Uh, but until then, hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Never forget, guys, we are the new, 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 new World Order Professional Podcasting. And we will see you in 2020.